the How Could You Podcast. I'm Lauren Tossie. And I'm Ryan Tossie. Be a clown, be a clown. All the world loves a clown. Show them tricks, tell them jokes, and you'll only stop with top folks. I do love a podcast episode that starts with a Cole Porter lyric. That is good. I thought you would like that. I thought it <laughs> felt like perfect for this episode. It really is. It, and it's always funny to me because I always think about um, the version of this that is more, probably more popular from Singing in the Rain, which is Make Them Laugh, which totally stole it from Cole Porter. And it's funny because you're right. Um, you know, the Gene Kelly uh, and uh, Judy Garland and the Pirate definitely isn't as remembered as <laughs> Singing in the Rain. No, but without a doubt, a perfect uh, song to have singing in our heads as you listen to this episode. Guys, we are so excited. We are bringing you an interview episode today with uh, sideshow performer, clown, and just incredibly fun human being, Pipsy Pinwheel. We are so excited for you to listen to this interview. It was such a dynamic conversation. Um, but we will, you will hear throughout the episode about her craft, but Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about how we found out about Pipsy Pinwheel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talk about in the show a lot that we're from Pennsylvania and, uh, she performed last year at the PA Ren Fair. Uh, we happened to actually miss it, mm-hmm. um, the show, uh, but through going and, and everything, we, we came across her show and we're disappointed we missed it. Followed her on her social medias for the past year. And then uh, just this past, uh, you know, August, we got to actually, you know, for the opening day of PA Ren Fair, we got to see her show finally. So it was a and we had a blast. Yeah, it's it's so it's so incredible. And like so, you know, we're describing her as a clown, as a sideshow performer. This is like tip of the iceberg. This person is like so multi-talented. She's an actress. She's a creator. Um, she's a makeup designer and artist. She's a filmmaker um she she's a burlesque performer obviously if you love the art of burlesque you've got to check out her stuff Uh, you know for our more grown-up audiences who listen that that stuff is for you but really really beautiful stuff that she does um honestly this was such a fun conversation and like and i feel like in nerding out as we often do about film that's the central point of the conversation but her act and all of the things that she does and all of the places that she travels i feel like we could record volumes about her yeah, talents. Yeah, her show is incredible. It, it's, sub, you know, she talks about it. It makes you squeam, <laughs> for uh, sure. Yeah. But you're so <laughs> also impressed. Like, it's, it's really... I think that's the cool thing about getting to talk to her, which we found, which was she's somebody that found kind of a passion mm-hmm. really early mm-hmm. and then followed it and honed that art and has yeah. been kind of, you know, just evolving from there and it's really cool to see i mean you and i champion anybody that follows their dreams and their passions and this is definitely somebody that was doing is doing that well and truly it was informative because i'm like there's so much like i don't know like you hear sideshow performer and it's like you may have some images that conjure but like i felt like i learned a lot from her but we'll have to be honest like the thing that drew us in from her performance when we went to see her at the pa run fair is she makes some real top-notch film references. It is actually a preponderance of film references throughout her show. And we were like, we must talk to this human being. Yeah, I mean, her plethora of knowledge of uh, 80s horror and B-budget horror, like, just dropping all of these great references. I mean, the show drops so many references, and then during this conversation, we get to hear about all of, you know, these films that she loves, which is really cool. And, like, I loved it myself because I know it was bringing up a lot of films that we haven't I hadn't seen in a few years and you know I know you and I were talking about after the show a bunch of the the movies and like now we want to jump back and (laughs) rewatch them so yeah and there was definitely like there was like some how could you's that I think came up for both of us that we realized that each other hadn't seen and that was kind of fun to have that conversation as well and we will definitely share out on social media like 
As you listen to the episode, if you're like, um, I need a pen and paper to write down all of these like killer film recommendations, we'll make sure that we share them out so that way you have easy access to them. Very much so. I also have to say, as someone who also is an extremely nervous flyer, I uh, <laughs> was quite <laughs> Guys. interested in her choice to, to uh, film to, to calm her as she goes flying. So I can't wait for people to hear that because it's great. <laughs> Absolutely great. That's a little bit of a Tassie's tease. You will definitely enjoy that part of the episode. Said, we promise you that we feel very excited to bring this yeah. to you we feel very grateful that pipsy pinwheel was so giving and generous with her time with us we hope you enjoy this interview we'll be tagging her in all of our social media so here we go we are so excited to have a guest with us on the podcast today <laughs> special guest can you please introduce yourself and <laughs> tell our audience a little bit about who you are all righty hello uh, my name is pipsy pinwheel i am a professional Sword swallower, sideshow performer, clown, uh, actress, burlesque performer, and a bunch of other random things. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's quite a large resume. <laughs> yes. That is the taglines I could think of at the moment. So. <laughs> It was really solid. It rolled so naturally. And I'm like, oh, that what an impressive list of like things and activities and talents. That's awesome. Um, so we traditionally start this podcast with something we call a Tossie's Takes, which is essentially just Ryan and I's way of getting a chance to talk about something we're obsessed with currently. So do you have a Pipsy's Take about something you're watching, reading, experiencing that you would want to recommend to the audience? <laughs> um. Does music count? Absolutely. Of course! <laughs> um, I've currently been uh, listening to the Lillingtons ramble on on repeat um, for a while and a few other things, but let's see. Uh, Pipsy's Takes. Pipsy's Takes. I'm obsessed with a lot of things, but I don't have Wi-Fi where I'm staying, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you're replaying a lot of things in your mind is what i mean um yeah i think think like my go-to shows are um and in this order uh adventure time uh x-files and the golden girls um yes <laughs> <laughs> also if those worlds combined like <laughs> what a show that would make uh, i would watch i would watch that so hard <laughs> That is fantastic. I, yeah, I really want to see an X-Files Golden Girls uh, episode. I know. And you just like know Blanche is just hitting on everybody <laughs> and it would be so great. And Rose would like immediately be a true believer. Like it would just be such a great episode. Sophia actually has the power to set things on fire. And that's why Shady Pines <laughs> burned down to the ground actually valid you know what i've decided because we've recorded on this podcast it's now canon x-files and golden girl same universe Sweet. <laughs> hollywood hear our cries um so uh you know we we were very very lucky and fortunate to get to see your show at the pennsylvania renaissance fair um we loved it loved it so much um which is why we reached out after the show because we just wanted to talk to you because we think it's just so phenomenal so i wanted to know a little bit if you could tell our our audience a little bit about your show and how did you first become interested in creating the show that's so entertaining all right the, uh we're gonna start from the beginning uh, 
Um, I've always, like, as a kid, been into, like, circus and sideshow. My family took me to the Florida State Fair. I'm from Florida, Tampa. And um, every year I'd go to the Florida State Fair. I saw the World of Wonder sideshow. That was my first intro to sideshow. They'd take me to Ringling Brothers, and I was obsessed with all of that. Also, um, makeup. I loved playing with makeup, uh, more so like special effects and gore and things like that. Uh, and then clown as well. I definitely, when I hit high school, I'd do more of a gory clown. (laughs) Um, not so much at the moment. And so this is, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. This is okay. We're in high school. Um, I did haunts. Um, I did a uh, Bush Gardens Hallow Scream for a few years. Um, we're gonna, this is like a, a blender of answers. I like it. It's a good mix. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to it to sum up your entire life in like <laughs> the first question. <laughs> so. so please uh, stay on the ADHD train with me. Um, <laughs> So high school haunt and um, going back to the Florida State Fair every year, I became friends with the performers there. Um, Some of the things I learned, some of the things are genetic. um, And eventually I was able to travel with them for a season. Um, I recently, last year, got to do a spot with them in Ohio. I love the World of Wonders. Check them out. Um, and also Tommy's Wild West Review. Super great. Rosie the Pig. Um, again, ADHD train. So um, <laughs> having learned these skills, um, I learned how to swallow a sword. Everything is kind of a blur. Uh, I want to say around 26 Okay. And um, I had two mentors, uh, Bill Barry and Dan Meyer. And now th- this answer is almost complete. So I did the Renaissance festivals uh, for a long time. I was on local cast for about seven, eight years. And then I was a mermaid for about three years. And then I was just like, you know, performing. I love performing uh, very near and dear to my heart. And I, like, I do all these things. I can put together my own show. And so I proposed it and I got accept, like, they accepted my proposal and I debuted at the Bay Area Renaissance Festival in 2018 and never looked back. That's am- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, no, I was just going to say, that's amazing. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's really a chasing your dream you know, all the way through. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I appreciate the scope of it because like, you know, and, and, and all the ways, and I think that has to be such, feel like such a beautiful thing, something that you enjoyed and were a spectator for that you got embraced into that community and then, and then now have your own show. Like that's got to feel so special. Oh, very much. Like I love all the friends I've made in the community and it's like a really like, heartwarming and strong connection and fills me with butterflies or moths i don't know <laughs> whatever <laughs> flutters your fancy like 
<laughs> Silence of the Lambs. We can just put them off there back there. Well, and that's kind of a perfect segue. So like when we came out of your show, well, actually, so when we were in your show, so we went to go see you at the Renaissance, it was like this like gorgeous day in August. It felt like a fall day. We sit down and like within moments of you being on the stage, you start dropping pop culture film reference after reference and the two of us who are so movie obsessed, we're like pushing each other like, this is hilarious. We love this so much. Um, you dropped, you you started um, screaming Atarax from Never Ending Story. And I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is hilarious and painful at the same time. Like, it's just, it was such like a, an incredibly charming and, you know, like engaging part of the show. So out of curiosity, is this something that, like you actively decided to do or is like film just such a part of your life and vernacular that just like naturally came to be a part of your show? I want to say it just naturally became part of my show. Like I, uh, I, yesterday someone was like, do you just pop culture references all the time? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm like a, a jukebox of um, musical references, movie references, and just anything else sprinkled in weird fact documentary stuff. And um, yeah, it's just where my brain goes. <laughs> this is why we needed you on the show. Yes. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> you are amongst friends. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> happy to be here yeah yeah i think um yeah the, once you started hitting the seven references i was sold completely like it was just perfect <laughs> well and like seven is like such a rich text and you really went like deep with it and that's like and so i, I don't think it's like hard, bad for me this is that's his favorite movie of all time um uh which, you know it's you know not telling about his personality in any bad ways um, <laughs> <this is> <laughs> And so you say he was like, this is happening. This is like so fun. Because I think, you know, the beauty of like being film obsessed or pop culture obsessed is like when someone makes a reference to something that you love, it feels like instant connection. And that like as audience members was like so engaging to have happen. So thank you for that I'm being part of your vernacular. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy you guys enjoyed the reference. <laughs> So, gotta, so, you know, you obviously, you travel around the entire country, I think internationally as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, internationally as well. <laughs> Very awesome. Um, so obviously, like, do you, like, how do you kind of consume then, like, your films and everything? Or is it mostly streaming? Do you still go to the movies? Like... <laughs> I have my DVD collection up here. Physical media, yes. Physical media, perfection, yes. Because um, I don't have um, Wi-Fi everywhere I go. I, I I love having my DVDs on me. I can watch, like, I am one of those people, I will listen to the same song on repeat, and I have the movies that I'm like, what am I in the mood for? Okay, Demon Night, and things like that, like... Uh, so I have my physical media, and if I really need to, my phone will get Wi-Fi, so I can just watch something off my phone. Uh, Tubi has been such an amazing thing that my friend Phil told me about. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you can watch all of these great movies. <laughs> 
and for free. That's like the thing. You're like, like, all right, I can deal with an ad here and there. I grew up in a TBS era where that's how I watched movies. Like, this is totally fine. I recently watched Frankenhooker and it was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) That's, we were literally, Tubi just came up on our last episode because we were tracking down a couple last, the last couple movies we watched. She introduced me to Tubi and we were just, so it's really funny that you would bring that up because we were talking about how good it, you know, the services. Yeah. And when someone has a back catalog that deep, it's like, it's great because it it will encourages you to discover things or it's that stuff that you're like, that hasn't dropped anywhere on streaming yet. Like any of the things I subscribe to, but for some reason it's on Tubi and that's kind of fantastic, especially when it's free. Oh, it's definitely like, I've seen a lot of things that people have been telling me to watch and I just never got around to. And then I just came up on Tubi and I'm like, well, we're going down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> oh, and also um, YouTube has uh, certain movies on there like the whole entirety of it right now i'll go watch them there when you can get a good movie that's you can't find anywhere else but someone has just plopped onto youtube it's always a nice little (laughs) canon films uh hansel and gretel with cloris leachman is on youtube you can watch the whole thing well and that's the great thing too because like if it's something that like no one's really fighting over the streaming or at this point it's like or it's like caught up in some sort of like rights battle or it's at this point, like kind of like free media, like that's the great thing about YouTube. You're like, oh, great. I can see all of these things that like now mm-hmm. I have access to. It's so awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I have to I have to ask, like, and we're going to ask you to go back a little bit. Um, and it's, it's you, we can bounce back and forth all you want. <laughs> this is this is this is going back into your history. And I don't know, like, I, I think you're really good at remembering this. And, and I am not as great as Marlis. Do you remember the first movie you ever saw? That is a great question. Um, I don't remember the first movie I ever saw, but I can say uh, I remember when Legend came out and I saw Island of Dr. Moreau in theaters in 96 and Alien Resurrection um things oh and spawn and mimic um and of course disney movies like you know my parents here (laughs) disney but um my mom would take me to like albertson's had video rentals and uh we would watch death becomes her and um right there that is a whole conversation within itself that movie rocks i literally just watched it last night with the uh cast of the pennsylvania renaissance festival it was great so many of them had never seen it how could you you've never seen death becomes her i haven't Why is he on the podcast? it's called how could you for a reason <laughs> yeah how could you how dare you <laughs> Um, well, watch that. All right, that is my homework. Got it. And I I absolutely have to say that one of my favorite movies is Shakes the Clown. I have a signed copy from Bobcat Goldthwait, and if you've never seen it, you absolutely should. Um, but when it comes to first movie... (laughs) What did you say about the first movie, did you say? Oh, I said when it comes to first movies I've ever seen, I, I, I... Gotcha. 
can't remember I f- I like think my very first movie, but I can tell you that like Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, Mary Poppins, like all of those things. My mom, um, there was a, a VHS, a Disney VH. I think it was Disney. It was either cartoons from the fifties or fifty cartoon. Or something like that. <laughs> and yeah, it had a bunch of like classic cartoons on there, and I would watch that over and over again. I think we're at some point, you being from Tampa, we were going to have to ask though if you were a Disney fan at all. So <laughs> I like I like Disney. Um I I do like I can't say that I love bed knobs and broomsticks. Um <laughs> something wicked this way comes is Disney. Um and, but then you have the not Disney, like I don't believe Fievel Goes West is Disney. No, it is not. Not, yeah. not Disney. Secret of Nim is not Disney. Um, the Rescuers is Disney, and I would watch a lot of the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under. Yeah, so like cu- coming from Florida, my mom would always like Disney movies, <laughs> and I was a uh, TV child, so I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Channel, here we go. <laughs> was your mom? Well, I was very rambunctious, and anything <laughs> that would get me to pay attention for any amount of time was a godsend to them. So, <laughs> were you restricted at all from an early age of what you were allowed to watch, or did you have pretty free? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, uh, and partly because uh, a great example. I love my mom. Uh, she does not read the, like, what this movie is about thing. Like, oh, it's a cartoon. Here we go. Or this looks like a kid's movie. Here we go. This has unicorns in it and Tim Curry. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, clearly it had no lasting effects on me. <laughs> uh, but also my, my aunt would like my cousins and I like your cousins are your first best friends. Like I'm really close to my cousins and they were all into like, you know, the horror and everything. And then I got into the horror movies, but when it comes to censoring what I watched, I saw South park when it first came out. And, uh, by this point I was in like season two and, um, (laughs) my mom got a call from school about me drawing the characters on the chalkboard. <laughs> and then my mom calls my dad and she's like, what is that cartoon? And my dad's like, have you not sat down and watched it with her? And then she did. And she's like, oh my God. And he's like, well, too late now. <laughs> At that point, you just let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, there, there's really no saving this. I, I feel like those of us that are like, just movie obsessed have had that free reign from an early age like just here you go watch whether intentional or unintentional watch whatever you would like and then it just kind of sticks from there yeah so I, uh, my mom had me watch kiss the girls at a very young age as well oh, um, <laughs> she's like this will um install a fear in my child 
Like, right? Because I'm con- I'm convinced that's what that movie was made for. It's like, you need to be afraid. You will get kidnapped at any point in your life and you need to be ready. Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Is that Carrie Yule's in that? Yeah, it's Carrie Yule. Uh, and, um, oh my gosh. I forget. I'm blanking yeah. right now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, what I remember is the fear of someone's going to kidnap you <laughs> yes. and put you in a basement. <laughs> that's that's what mm-hmm. I remember in the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're you're bringing up like I, and I have a feeling we're going to delve much deeper into this like love of horror because we were definitely both two horror obsessed people. Um, you brought up Death Becomes or something that you just showed many people, which is incredibly like. Incredibly- well, I didn't. I didn't. The, the cast was like um, one of the cast members was like, this is the movie for tonight. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to still give you credit, though. Um, but do you have a go to like your most rewatched movie like that one that you're like that's the one I watched the most um I can't say like one in particular uh but I do like just throw on my like DVD my go-tos are um Todd Browning's Freaks uh, Demon Knight Tales from the Crypt with Billy Jane Billy Zane Jada Pinkett Smith um Nightbreed. I love Nightbreed. And I'm just sitting down. Oh, Shakes the Clown. <laughs> Fantastic. And I actually, two of those, I think we're going to touch base on a little bit later because yeah. uh, I definitely was going to wanted to ask about Freaks. And, oh, know. and Buffy. Oh, <laughs> uh, hell yeah. <laughs> Biggest movie ever. I would reenact, like, my brother and I would reenact the, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, for hours, because like, it was just that good. Just for It was our- an improv scene. It was an improvised scene, and you can see um, the other actors trying not to break character <laughs> laugh, because Paul Rubin just did that out of nowhere. <laughs> It's just genius. I mean, that's yeah. what the beauty of him was. I yeah. mean, he just so fantastic. R.I.P. Paul Rubin. I'm I'm real sad about that. I found out when I was in Scotland that he had passed, and I literally watched um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure on the flight there. Aww, yeah, that's like he's such a luminary for like your childhood, and it's like, and just he was so so like like so talented and just like such a specific form of comedy that I think probably only he could create and, but how it communicated, like that so many people loved that as specific as it was, like, it's just remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, He's definitely like one of the people I've like looked up to. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, we did a, we did a Wee episode a couple of years ago just because I mean that the film is just, you know, again, Perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, So, you know, we kind of, I think you touched a little bit upon your favorite films. Do you have favorite directors that you go to at all? Like in the horror range, are you, you know, Carpenter? You kind of do the the Craven? Favorite director? That is a great question. And I probably have a the answer but right now i am blanking no problem um uh i like no that's not a director that is a production company um so it's 
a vast array of um, things, but like I'm trying to think of like Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, like Ridley Scott. Oh yeah, Sam Raimi, um, Clive Barker. He directed Night Parade. He also wrote Night Parade. Yeah? Yes. Because I'm like, I literally have the DVD behind me and I'm like, pull it out and look at it. And I'm like, no, that'll take away any credibility you have. Uh, <laughs> um, favorite directors? Uh, yeah, I need to brush up on my, my director knowledge. But. You know, I always feel like so this is like one of these things like we love having these conversations just like kind of sharing it but sometimes it is like hard when you have such a vast array of films that you love to kind of like narrow it down because like for example like he can confidently say seven's his favorite movie if you ask me the same question I'm gonna break out in sweats like I and I have like the hardest time trying to like lock that down. And every time I have an answer that I'm like, nope, that's not it. I'm a fraud. So this is like a so safe space. We're going to throw questions, but if you're like, I don't know if I have a favorite, that's totally fine too. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, okay. There, hold on. It's all coming back. To me. <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino. I don't care what anyone says. Rob Zombie. Um <laughs> I will defend it to my death. Um, I just like, um, I enjoy Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, I love the movies he's made. Uh, like I have to, to think I'm like, okay, this movie and then who's the director of this. And then, uh, just like to remember them. But I, I also like, I love B horror films. Um, 80s uh like i have puppet master one through nine <laughs> not including the crossovers yes. of uh puppet master versus demonic toys, demonic toys. yes <laughs> um, uh, ghoulies two is superior than ghoulies one um and i'm biased because it takes place in a carnival and there's a freak <laughs> yes um blood moon is another like but I couldn't tell you who directed it. <laughs> no, and that's especially, you know, again, it's one of those very specific questions. Um, but I'm so glad you said Ghoulies 2, because that's one of those movies that I remember seeing at about, you know, seven, eight years old. And just, I don't think I ever even had seen Ghoulies 1, but just totally just love that movie and remember it so and it completely makes sense of why that would be far superior to you <laughs> over Glee's one <laughs> I really think that it's also just better in general yeah. but <laughs> you know it's a solid that, um, it gets put in this that's like, a... like you were saying like the B budget you know and 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 certainly they're, they're but it, it's it's a it's a really good movie. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. The, the B budget thing, which we I mean we refer to it that way all the time, but it's like it's almost like you you want to say it that way, but then don't because it's like you don't want it to seem like it's a knock at these films because it's like no, these are still incredible, incredible films. A scene from that movie that just haunted me as a child um, was the dunk clown that 
uh, got dunked, and then one of the ghoulies was in the dunk tank water, and it like bit his arm off. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, that's coming up in a nightmare at some point. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. Feel feel bad for all the dunk clowns now when I go by them. Those are the perfect type of films, too, to watch with just a group of friends on, mm-hmm. like, an evening. Like, you're just, like, to throw on and just have so much fun with. Oh, my God. And um, I also, like, when I was a kid, when I was, like, the same, I want to say I was around the same age as uh, the little girl from Poltergeist when that came out. Uh, like, I love all of the Poltergeist. I, I feel like each of the films offers like fun moments and i'm a big fan of practical effects i will (laughs) fight everyone on that hill um but like poltergeist 3 was one of my favorite uh because like the mirror hotel and again another scene that just like haunted me was when her sister fell through a puddle in the parking garage (laughs) Then after that point, you never want to go near a puddle, right? Because <laughs> you don't know. It's like the tank. There could be a ghoulie waiting for that cloud. This puddle could swallow me whole. I don't know. Fears. Legit fears. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, you're giving away. So, so would you say, like, in terms of, like, genres, like, horror, where you kind of gravitate towards? Is that, like, your favorite genre of film? Uh, horror and horror comedy. I love horror comedies. I like laughing and being scared. And I I love things that scare me. Um, just, uh, the horror has been a really, really big part of my growing up. And, um, again, with practical effects and, and stage makeup and stuff, like I would do gore and stitches and that kind of makeup. And I, I actually wanted to be like a stage makeup artist when I was a kid. Like, I'm like, I want to do stage makeup and stuff. And in a way, I kind of do. But well, and that's like you know, and, and I think that's it, one of the really great things is like, and I think what we love so much about like horror is like it kind of brings like a lot of things together. Like, obviously, there are a lot of deeper meanings in horror. It's fun to be scared. I mean. I'm like, I'm a, an ardent scaredy cat. Like I'm afraid of my own shadow, but I'm obsessed with horror. Like I just, I like, I don't even know if that's, I like the feeling, but I like kind of that transformation that happens when you're scared of that safe space to enact it. And like, and bringing together like the craft of like, uh, of practical effects, especially if it's something you're interested in with makeup. So this may be a hard question to ask or, or answer, I should say, is there a, a horror film that is like kind of your favorite for like makeup design or creature design that like you really admire? Oh, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I went to three, no, four, four movies on um, stage makeup. And no, I can't just pick one. Uh, movies that I admire the stage makeup in uh, Nightbreed. <laughs> um Frankenstein, like if you go with the classics and stuff. Yeah. Um oh goodness. Uh Hellraiser. Candyman, that was just bees, live, live bees. Um <laughs> and also other makeup. Yeah. <laughs> um but lots of bees. Um 
I, I want to just like write it all down on a list. Um, legend, uh, leprechaun, um, she creature has an amazing mermaid design, especially when she turns into the mermaid queen. I don't want to give anything away for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, it's the same people who worked on Alien. So if you watch Alien and you watch She Creature, you can you're like, okay, I can kind of see that. All right, all right. Um, like I know as soon as we're done, I'm I'm gonna remember all of them and be like, oh, dusk till dawn. Um, yeah, the. Well, the answers are coming to me slowly, but <laughs> no, I, you know, it makes complete sense. I mean, you said Nightbreed and Hellraiser and obviously Clive Barker is just lost boys. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Clive Barker is at another level um, with, with his practical effects and what he was able to do, um, you know, regardless of, you know, those are just fantastic films, but even if you're not a fan of them, you have to appreciate the artistry that he puts into those movies. Um, you know, Frankenstein, obviously, I mean, that's one of our all time favorites. So yeah. what they were able to, you know, to do in that is still to this day, the makeup work is phenomenal. Oh no. It's like, it's so beautiful. And like it, and now granted, like, you know, it, it, the, the adaptation or the, the recreation of like what that could potentially be. And that's, you know, can make like a horror film so special because it really can be like the the utmost like expertise in that kind of artistry because you do have to imagine something that can communicate terror. You have to make something that can be so fantastical that you maybe don't have any real basis for. Like when they make the xenomorph, it's like you have to really think, well, what, what like what would this look like? Well, it's got to have an extra mouth that comes out. Like who thinks of that? Like that's incredible. <laughs> like, but it, it it's the utmost creativity. I learned uh, that the face huggers in Alien originally were supposed to be a neon green color, um, but when when they're like you know when you first I I've made mermaid tails with my friends and the silicone that you use is um, like kind of a fleshy toned and when the director saw like it like that he's like. I don't want to add anything to it. It looks great like that. It's got a weird kind of organic look to it. And now that I watch it, I'm like, yeah, if it was neon green, I don't know how I'd, I mean, like, of course I wouldn't have had anything else to compare it to, but now that I know, I'm like, mm. <laughs> don't but be neon green. That's always those really fun facts to know and kind of compare it. And, and you get to kind of, you know, play this, this, you know, review of it and decide whether like, well, oh, would it have been better that way? Wouldn't it have been better that way? And, you know, thinking about it, I agree. I mean, to me, I can't see them as a neon green color at all. Like, you know, it'd be almost distracting in a way. Well, because mm -hmm. also, too, like, I think there's the element of like everything there. It feels like, again, it's like it's born of flesh. It feels flesh born. So therefore it should feel like it's pulling from its like victim. So I think in that it would break. And then also like, the whole like set design of the Nostromo is like meant to feel like yeah futuristic but ultimate realism in its futurism like that it seems like I can practically see that this is what it probably should look like so I think it's like the creature has to look like that too it has to look like something 
totally organic to really instill that fear. I like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. This was me going yes, and the fact that it's not like it's practice. It's somebody is puppeting that costume. It is there. Yeah. You know, we we talk so much on here about it. It's like we don't want to take away the artistry of you know visual effects, but you it, you just can't deny how amazing practical effects look and, and you know and then just knowing the effort and the time that gets put into that to make it look so real is is yeah it, it, it's again you don't want to say anything you know again i don't want to take away from the visual effects artists but they're just practical effects will always be what we prefer <laughs> I think it's lived experience, right? It's like that lived in feeling of like something about a practical effect when done well, that it's like, well, that could be real. I don't see the strings here. And and even, and then when it's not done as well, it's almost more fun because you're like, oh, I see the care that someone took to make that thing. And again, it doesn't take anything away from a digital artist because that's an incredible art form too. But I think it's also, it's like what you're exposed to. And, you know, if you're a lover of, 80s B budget horror, you're going to have a particular affinity for special or for practical effects done well. I I feel like um I I have to say this uh because if not, then I will I'm just gonna say this. Uh my friend Phil and I, um, who also big fan practical effects, have been working on a movie of our own. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's great. Uh, three years in the writing. Three years in the procrastinating. Uh, it's gonna happen, uh, but it's it's called Pipula the Vampire Clown. Oh oh oh! Incredible. That's incredible. No no, great name. <laughs> and you can uh, look forward to all of the practical effects. <laughs> That's excellent. That's uh, not excluding and not limited to fat on a string. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> Do you have a timeline you're hoping to to be able to start putting that out? Honestly, um, some life things have been happening uh, on both our sides, so it's going to be pushing it back a little. But if not, um, next summer, definitely next fall. Awesome. Because uh, we have most of it storyboarded and casted and because in the theme of um 80s 90s horror films um it's it's gonna have unlimited sequels you have to that's the story going give the people what they want oh yeah even if they didn't know they wanted it because i want uh, more leprechauns i would like more warwick davis um please and thank you yes completely well, we'll be so excited to hear about that and like and hear about the progress of it. Like, and that's incredible <laughs> that you're in the stage and the production. Like, we will be that we'll be watching very closely. Uh, it has its own Instagram. So if you wanted to go look at Pipula the Vampire Clown, you can absolutely go do that. As soon as this is done, you're gonna see a follow from the How Could You Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, well, that was gonna be actually a question we had for you then. So you do I, Will this be your first acting? Have you acted before? Is that... I have acted before. I'm in a movie called Big Top Evil. It has Bill Mosley, Jayla Rose, Austin. Um, 
oh my gosh, I their last name evades me, but they are one of the main characters in it as well. I'm in it for a whopping maybe six seconds. I, <laughs> I am uh, the fire breather and girl in trunk in that. Um, I'm on a season of Legacies, um, season four, episode 11 of Legacies. I'm a featured extra. That's so a- I'm in it in the beginning and I've been in a couple music videos. Um, rhymed, uh, some student films here and there, but I, I love, oh, uh, and I, I get like a swear or, uh, you can just edit this out. Um, also in a movie called the secret of cuck Island. Um, I believe it is off trauma and or trauma (laughs) and or it's very own, but I do know that they are all friends. So, um, we welcome anything trauma onto the show. (laughs) It took me a while to be like trauma, trauma. Oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there with your wordplay. Sometimes it takes me a while, but I'll get there. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That I mean, that's so. So this is a passion that you do also have on top of everything else, and very much. And I want to. <laughs> I would like to audition for more um, things. Um, I I want to be in just everything. <laughs> that's great. Well, there's something so electric, I think, about being on a set, like seeing, you know, especially when you're, again, like movie obsessed person, like you get on set and you're like, oh, now I like, it's like looking behind the curtain, right? Like it's the, (laughs) this is everything that goes into it. And I would imagine such a special experience for you being like, you know, there for this film from the story, like the writing, the storyboards, I have to imagine that's going to feel like, you know, like you're, you're the wizard of this film. Like you get to control all of the things and then to be in it too that's got to feel like a great fruition of your love of film oh absolutely like i want to say a lot of the procrastination that has been happening with pipula is just like oh but we want it to be perfect like you just gotta do it (laughs) you you just gotta go ahead and do it because not everything's gonna be perfect but the people who appreciate it are the ones it's for but uh-huh. also, you know, kind of take pleasure in the ones who don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're the one, you're putting your heart and soul into it. So that is the first and foremost, and that's what should count above all else. And then if anybody wants to come along for the ride, they're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, either you enjoyed it or you're never getting that hour back. I have it now. <laughs> your time. I live rent free. <laughs> so um you know in doing some research for our show i came across in you know an interview you did and you had mentioned that your look was inspired by the crow (laughs) uh yeah so my look has been developing since i was one of i'll say a kid um and always obsessed with clowns and stuff. And then high school, I saw the crow and became obsessed with it. I absolutely love the movie and I would do the makeup and 
um, MySpace days. <laughs> Obsessed, so like my profile picture, me in crow makeup, my background, the crow, the song, <laughs> the cure, burn when you enter my MySpace. And then when I left that, I'm like, okay, I should change something. Toadies, Possum Kingdom. There, that's a change. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like moving forward, I I have to like go through all my photos and do like a progression because I my makeup didn't start off looking great <laughs> uh so i would play around with like harley quinn makeup harlequin makeup the crow and then it evolved from uh like crow to i'm gonna put eyeshadow around here i'm gonna give myself some cheeks and then the little slash through the cheeks um i saw in a Panic at the Disco, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies music video. One of the um, performers, he was, I think, the guy who did that with the glitter. That's super specific to me. Uh, I'm like, video you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, I like that. So I put little slashes through my cheeks and um, the, the smile. Um, I put little lines through here to kind of um, change it up so it's not the like you take a base of the crow and then you take some things away and I add some different things and then I add a little bit of my own touches and then Pipsy came about. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. such a cool story <laughs> to hear like the, the evolution of it and all of the things that get to influence, like it becoming your own unique look, but by taking it from this. So I, I will have to admit, and, and hopefully you won't want to can't like turn off the Zoom look. So I've actually never seen the crow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this, so this recently came up and like, oh, maybe we'll do like a double feature death becomes her and, what, and the crow and it'll be yeah. great. But this recently came up because we had recorded an episode about favorite soundtracks. Um, it was on his list as one of his all-time favorite soundtracks. Um, and which and, and probably like deeply upsetting that I had never like seen the movie because he was like, <laughs> this is a great soundtrack and a great movie, and you should have seen it by now. Um, so wanted to know like curiosity and definitely the crow, I'm assuming would be on this list, but do you have a favorite film soundtrack that you love? Um, so I really enjoy Tangerine Dream in, uh, Legends, but also I love the Lost Boys soundtrack. Um, definitely the Crow, the Warriors. Um, I love the, like, score, I love scores to movies. So Clockwork Orange, Hook, um, oh gosh. Oh, and just as a tiny tangent, um, the theatrical version of Legend is superior than the director's cut. I hate the director's cut. It is a different vibe. They took out Tangerine Dream. Like, yay, I'm really happy to see these themes that were edited different, but mm, doesn't have the same vibe, doesn't have the same feel. Uh, back to where I was. Um, Dust Till Dawn soundtrack. I really enjoy the Dust Till Dawn soundtrack. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, no, uh, a soundtrack will make or break a movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I, I think finding the right music for something and uh, 
having the score. Uh, Killer Clowns Matter Space has a wonderful score. <laughs> yeah. um, the Dickies are great. Um, but yeah, just like ambient music as well. Like the music you hear while someone's walking through the woods or a dark hallway. Um, Goodbye Horses is a fave. <laughs> I know that's just a song. But that song makes the movie. <laughs> I'm kidding. I did watch Silence of the Lambs three times on the way back from Scotland. <laughs> Wait, like in a row? Like you just went ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom? Yes. I, you know what? In the after show, I have follow-up questions. <laughs> did, did anybody come up to you during the flight? Like... <laughs> Excuse me. No. <laughs> Ma'am, are you okay? Hug? <laughs> um, <laughs> do I need to um, my feet? <laughs> it, well, so, like, for me, it's, uh, I know the movie, I hate flying. So oh, the movie yeah. is, I know how long the movie is. If I watch it this many times, I'll know that I'm this much closer to being where I need to be. Um, so over and over again. Nothing makes me happier than knowing that you find you you get comforted by Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Honestly, a love story uh, that will live for, yeah. forever um, between <laughs> Agent Sterling and uh, Hannibal. Those two kids only had each other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no one understood them. No, but I get that. Like, there's like sometimes like and and you know, passage of time. I'm like, when you know a film, like I, I have that. I'll get in loops with things where I'm like, I just need to rewatch this film so many times because it's like comforting to know, like I know where it's going, I know the beats, I know the parts that I love so much, and like, and sometimes you do just want that whatever it is, like that familiar favorite. Especially if you're like, I'm feeling kind of like anxious about flying. I don't want to have to think about it. This film will take me away from thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> So just kind and, of yeah. <laughs> being a little bit, but going back. So we do have to ask, you know, you had mentioned about freaks earlier, but, you know, you, you know, with the culture references of sideshow performers in film, are there any that are you think nail nail it? And then are any that you think are like your favorites? Um, Some movies that kind of get the subculture of. The sideshow performers? I mean, so like the any movie I see that has sideshow in it, um, Blood Moon, Ghoulies 2, Freaks. Um, we'll just, we'll, we'll have those three for right now. All yeah. of them basically have the storyline of don't mess with the sideshow performers, don't mess with the freaks. Um, everybody has each other's back. Even if uh, you don't like this person, if someone else is, uh, it's like, hey, you can't mess with that. I hate that person, but that's my person. <laughs> I don't, yeah. uh, am I explaining that correctly? Um, it's a very like protective kind of thing. Um, and I think Freaks really, like, nailed it. It's also a movie that apparently was way ahead of its time. Um, 
what we see, and this is just me regurgitating what I listened to on the documentary that's on there, uh, documentary and commentary. Yeah. Um, the original version of Freaks was apparently too frightening for the audience of the day, so they had to edit um, it in a certain way that I don't... <laughs> I'm like, is it too soon? Am I giving away the ending if I say it right now? I think at this point, if someone's <laughs> listening and they haven't watched Free, like, that's on them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's like you, you mess with one of them, you mess with all of them. Um, one of the circus performers uh, tries to kill a little person in the uh, fair, in the fair, Ren Fair. You know where my mind's at. <laughs> in the sideshow, because... He, she finds out that he's rich and she marries him and she starts to poison him. And then the rest of them find out and basically like try to kill her. Um, but they don't kill her. They turn her into one of them along with the strong man who like her and him were together, but they were treating the sideshow people like trash. Um, so they got what they deserved in my opinion. Um, <laughs> But at the very end of the movie, um, the uh, Hans, the little person Hans, his wife, who is actually his sister in real life, well, not wife, that was his fiance in the movie, who he left to marry um, the trapeze artist. Uh, at the very end, she's like, you, you only wanted the um, poison. You didn't want to hurt her. You're not responsible for what the other people did you just wanted the poison and apparently that was supposed to be like a yeah you know we didn't really want to hurt her that makes it okay now right <laughs> Shift the movie <laughs> yeah i mean that, i hope that made sense <laughs> i'm like trailing everywhere <laughs> no very much so i mean that ending is as as iconic as an ending of a of a film is so it's nice to hear you know you talk about it with like such a passion and you know and, and feeling that the one of us type of you know that's what you guys yeah. yeah google gobble um one of the deleted scenes that apparently will never see the light of day is the strong man uh they castrated him and he is now in the sideshow uh singing like high notes <laughs> being humiliated and all of that, and the trapeze artist is now the duck woman. Because <laughs> not only um, do you not want to mess with the sideshow performers, but they're amazing plastic surgeons and basically <laughs> turned her into part woman, part duck. Which leads me into the island of Dr. Moreau. She could have been. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Are you a fan of just the remake of Island of Dr. Moreau or? I haven't seen the original. Okay. And okay. I'm, I actually am a big fan of the original because I saw it in uh, the movie theaters when I was like seven and I had like the biggest I, I, crush on Feruza Bolt. Uh, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't? Like, if, listen, if you got through the 90s and early 2000s without having a crush on Feruza Bolt, like, who even are you? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the craft is like a seminal text in my life. <laughs> I love 
Oh, so good. It's so good. And it's so incredibly rewatchable. And every time I watch it, I think I love like one of the people in the in the movie more and just like, oh, it's so it's delicious. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> um so you know we we had obviously the pleasure of seeing your show and like and and one of the things that we were super excited about was that it was a very focused on a certain celebration of halloween um there was a jack-o'-lantern on stage the color scheme obviously is something that we loved um allow me to show you the inside of my house (laughs) oh okay that's awesome For anyone listening, it's it, the color scheme <laughs> is fantastic, Halloween centric, amazing. <laughs> uh, so, like you know, at this point, we are uh, past. Although I think for all of us in the Zoom call, Halloween is every day. Um, but we're past Labor Day; spooky season is upon us. Um, do you have like go-to films that you associate with Halloween time that you're like? Okay, I, so Trick or Treat, I thought was amazing. And wonderful and fantastic. Um, Halloween time movies. I mean, clearly Hocus Pocus. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> and I saw the remake. I Not remake. I saw the sequel. And you know what? I love the sequel. I don't care what anyone else says. Those little girls in the beginning. I need a, a movie just about them. And the whole, like, friendship. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 no. Oh, like, I'm just going to move to the side now. I'm like, jump towards the screen. I'm so with you. It's like, and I think like the, the hate surrounding it is just like, like, it's a sequel. And I'm like, no, it's great. And it's like such a celebration of like female friendship and bonds. I loved it. I think it's so such a sweet movie. Look, the original still exists. It, nothing's going to beat the original. The actresses had fun making it. Yeah. Um, Like... I, 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 I enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, this is cute. I, uh, this was fun. And they, they made enough callbacks. Yeah. Um, like, but sincerely, I need a prequel with the, the young actresses who played the young Sanderson sisters. They were great. Yeah, they totally were. Totally embodied. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm like, like more, more of that. Can we more, please? <laughs> Let's stay here. The modern world. Let's stay right here. <laughs> I was like, just this, please. Yeah, when um, we were seeing that, that was what we were saying. We were just, I was like, I could not get over how good they were. They were just like exactly what you said. You wanted to stay. You were like, no, 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 don't move on from there. They're just that. They good. stole the show. Yeah, they yeah. stole the show. They stole like the small amount of time that they were in there. I'm like, well, that's perfect. <laughs> well, because like the the you know the girl playing Winifred, it was just like so you stepped into Bette Midler's shoes in a big bad way and like totally knocked it out of the park. Like, all right, let's see more. You're gonna have a big. They're, all so, they're all so cute. I want to cry. <laughs> like, yes, right. You're like you're tiny little witches. I love you. <laughs> Any other go-to Halloween time film? I mean, Hocus Pocus is like pinnacle, of course. Um, go-to Halloween. Uh, well, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Um, like, I'm just gonna really, really pimp out Demon Night. Um, <laughs> Night of the Demons. That's one that's on there. Uh, Return of the Living Dead three because uh, Julie, <laughs> purely, purely because of Julie and. 
I don't, is it Return of the Living Dead? No, no, no. Um, oh, blasphemy. I should know her name because she's also in Night of the Demons. She's the punk rock chick who dances on a gravestone and it's not Return of the Living Dead 3, but it's one of the Return of the Living Dead. That one. Um, <laughs> watch that one with that description. You can find it. Yeah. I'm not a Google. I only remember what I remember. And anything can be Googled. <laughs> to figure is can suss this out for yes. you. <laughs> You've given enough clues for us to get there. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It should be fun to search it. Right. Just, Night of the Living Dead punk rock chick on gravestone yes you will find it uh a film oh oh, sorry um i'm just gonna rattle off uh so like clearly you want to watch the hellraisers um for halloween and the pet cemeteries and the children of the corn and the chucky and the bride of chucky and the all the chucky um all the puppet masters all the leprechauns uh troll two and <laughs> yes <laughs> all of the things do them now yeah the, the things all of the things like the movie the thing uh the fly transylvania six five thousand uh young frankenstein house on haunted hill oh obviously vincent price all day, every day in this house. Rains. Also, come on, the remake of House on Haunted Hill. Like, I'll be honest. Oh, no, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the remake. Oh, gosh. Okay, now we're into the 2000s. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, the remake of that I found to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Scream. Yeah. But, like, that one, I I will be, like, if you want to watch past this point, that's up to you. And I'm not going to say what that point is because <laughs> entertainment's subjective for everybody. <laughs> um, uh, Freddy Krueger, all the like, you know, Freddy's and uh, such. Uh, you know what? Just for the trauma, flowers in the attic. Oh my uh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, why did they, like, what was it about, like, that certain time in life when people were just handing you V.C. Andrews books and they're like, do you know what I'm reading? Do you know what I'm being subjected to? <laughs> I just, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a horror movie. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember seeing uh, Flowers in the Attic as a kid and just, just, at an early age, learning what, de- you know, being depressed meant. Like, it was just like, this, this is sad. Like, it's just, you know, oh, yeah. the cookies, I'm just like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> That's a real particular mood for an October day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, and um, Over the Garden Wall for Halloween. Watch that. Right on. Awesome. That is a fantastic list and that should take care of all 60 days from now (laughs) and beyond and that's another one with a beautiful soundtrack uh just over the garden wall very halloween very just i could listen to it all day 
I was going to say before, you had said Trick or Treat and a movie I always highly recommend. We both would highly yeah. recommend because it's in the same vein, but it gets lost because of Trick or Treat, which is amazing, is um, Tales from Halloween. Um, it's essentially the same thing. The as, same as Trick or yeah, Treat. Yeah, it's, it's the anthology and it's just also amazing. And, you know, ever all the vignettes are just play, take place in Halloween. So highly recommend that one, too. Yeah. Well, and I think because like trick or treat, like the iconography in it is so great and it paces so well. And I think like, you know, anything when it's like a beloved holiday and then you've got something like totally themed around it, I think like works so well. Um, but yeah, Tales from Halloween also equally, equally is amazing. I, uh, I will have to watch that. <laughs> oh, good. So I know you like it. We're getting, uh, you know, we're getting towards the end here, but I, I, I would be remiss if we don't ask this question before we leave. Um, are, you know, clowns in cinema, are their favorites to you? Um, I know you've talked about Tim Curry a lot, so I'm going to. Yes. Why didn't I mention it? Um, yeah, <laughs> I well. Um, my my clowns in cinema that I adore are, in fact, Tim Curry in It as Pennywise. Um, Shakes the Clown, Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, more clowns in cinema. Let me... Captain Spaulding. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, like, a movie called clown house that's uh yeah <laughs> very much a horror yes um i i adore all the creepy clowns uh crimson clown from are you afraid of the dark uh laughing in the dark uh, that yeah. the smoke zebo oh and of course um not a movie but zombo um zombo is a clown and is uh Theater Bazaar, the event I normally do in Detroit, Michigan at the Detroit Masonic Temple. Um, I am a loyal minion of Zombo. Uh, that, is, that is what I will say right now. <laughs> I, Period uh, done. <laughs> uh, first, uh, I, I'm sorry to hear that that will not be back this year. Um, I know... I'm looking forward to next year. Okay, great. Okay, beautiful. Uh, we had had some discussions about going out, yeah. um, so, but I know for all you guys that performed there, um, I know it was a, a very disappointing when that got, you know, postponed to next year. So, uh, apologize to hear that, but excited for next year for you guys, and... <laughs> I look at it this way. Um, that gives me another year to be practicing the things I want ready to perform next year and that's a great way of looking at it like to like honing in and then gearing up more i also want to like thank you for returning me to a childlike state of terror by bringing up that are you afraid of the dark episode (laughs) that i quite literally leaned back in my chair as soon as you said the name because that beyond terrified me still still the crimson clown (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i also laughed because you, you you said captain spaulding and it made me think lauren one time met sid Haig, and literally just i have this great picture of her talking to sid Haig, explaining to him how much he terrified her and his amusement by this it was just this really and he was like 
nicest man. And he was so sweet with me. And I'm like, you're scary. And he was like, oh, he's like, he's like, well, I'm nice here. And I'm like, you are very nice. He was very sweet. Oh, it will like. That's usually how it is. <laughs> I met Bill Mosley on the set of um, Big Top Evil and such a sweetheart, such an amazingly wonderful and kind person. That's awesome. I think you, you so find that within the horror community, though. It's like, yes, we, we have this like incredible morbid fascination that we all share. But we're also like the nicest people, too, because like we're just like kind and friendly and like just like weird stuff. Like, <laughs> Um, I do have to like so because I, I, I know we are starting to run short of time. I don't like this category. I need you to know this. Like this is something that is of Ryan's invention. This is his, and I jokingly but lovingly complain every time I talk about this. So um, we do this thing on our show towards the end every episode called sequel, remake, requel, reboot. Um, and I always take the firm position that like you know nothing should have a remake, nothing should have a requel, and I get like you know. A, certain sequels are amazing um so do you, is there one movie that you would like to see be remade one movie that i would like to see remade um yes uh demon knight but only if billy zane still plays billy zane and i get jada pankett smith's role the whole the whole cast is the same um i i just get that role and and billy zane has that role and if you've seen the movie you'll know why (laughs) (laughs) amazing answer Uh, and then obviously you've talked about sequels so you do not dislike sequels which is great (laughs) so I, I don't just like sequels because um, so long as people are having fun in it and I can always just never watch it again. <laughs> this is the yes. But is there a film that you wish had a sequel or you would like to see a sequel to that maybe has it? Or even if you're like, hey, I want to see a, you know, a 13th Friday the 13th or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a film that I wish had a sequel. Um, well, so never ending story kind of set themselves up for never having to end. So that can just keep going. Yes. Um, a sequel, a sequel, a film that I would like a sequel to. Nightbreed. There was supposed to be a sequel to that. And I believe it was going to be called Jihad and it was the Cenobites versus the Nightbreed. Oh, wow. So technically I would just like to see that happen. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to. Um, and that is um, loose knowledge in my brain that someone else told me, you could Google me wrong or correct. It's up to you. But I said it, therefore now it exists. <laughs> Again, like earlier, Golden Girls and x is canon. Now this sequel, this is canon. We've made it happen. <laughs> well, I'm going to, after this is over, be like, gosh, that's the movie. That's the one I thought should have had a sequel. Um it's somewhere in my brain and I feel like I had it written out a sequel for a movie. Um, 
I can't think of it right now. <laughs> I'm so. going to give you free and utter reign to, to message us anything you would like us to add. And we'll put out like appendices to the episode of like, oh, and this, and this as well. <laughs> but also this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for doing this, Pipsy. This is honestly, we feel really, really like honored that you were so willing and so energetic about talking to us. Um, before we close out, we want to know, um, how can our audience audience follow you? Where are you going to be performing so they can come see you? All right. I will give you my social medias, viewer discretion advised, follow what you want. I'm not responsible for anything. Um, so uh, my Instagram is Pipsy Pinwheel um, for my, like, my everything. Um, for Renfair specific, I have Pinwheel Sideshow. And if you are interested in following the uh, trek of Pipula the Vampire Clown, that is another one. And if you find a fourth one that was made on accident when I got hacked the first time, so ignore it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me on the Tickum Tockums under Pipsy Pinwheel, <laughs> and I am on the YouTube, Pipsy Pinwheel, and I have two Facebook pages, Pipsy Pinwheel and Pinwheel Sideshow. So if you find one, you can usually find the others. Um, and what was what was the other question? Where will you be performing if people want to come see you? Uh, oh, yes. Later-ish, wherever. <laughs> so I will be performing... Um, at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Festival till September 24th, I head back to Detroit, Michigan. I will be posting the gigs I'm doing when I'm there because nothing is solid at the moment. But when I get back, I will be closing out the Michigan Renaissance Festival. I'll be in Detroit all October, and then I'll be heading down to Florida in November, December, and then January and beginning of February, I'll be doing the Brevard Renaissance Festival. February 12th, I'll be flying to Australia for the Adelaide Fringe Festival. I'll be there till March 26th when I come back. Head to Texas for the Scarborough Renaissance Festival. At the end of that, possibly do the Cronenberg Run Fair again. I, I don't have any solids on it. And then back to Scotland for the Edinburgh Fringe back to America for other stuff. Uh, that's really far ahead in the future and anything in between I will post about. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, yeah. I just want to know how many times will you have to watch Silence of the Lambs going out to Australia? <laughs> over and over. <laughs> I really, I love Anthony Hopkins. And um, so like Agent Starling and Agent Scully I feel are like different dimensions of a similar character. It's not the same. They are not the same character, yeah. but um, they are a female um, agent that is like, no, take me seriously. <laughs> like no nonsense. Um, and they also have the same haircut. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> Jillian Anderson and... Oh man, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster—that's <laughs> the name. That is her name. <laughs> I feel um, if they ever were to like hang out on Halloween together, uh, going as the twins from The Shining wouldn't be far off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Somebody needs to make this happen. Yeah, <laughs> another reality we need to make. We're manifest. This whole episode has been about manifesting. <laughs> Dear Jodie Foster and Jillian Anderson, please thank you. Well, we can't wait to to follow. You know everything you're doing and you know we can't you know wish you good luck and excited for all the shows that you got going on thank you guys so much i really like i i've very much enjoyed being on your show thank you for having me and just any excuse to talk about movies um i'll try and do a little homework on my end i'm like all right here's this director and here's this actor and you did a phenomenal job. We threw a lot at you and you knocked it out of the park. So thank yeah. you so much. And welcome back anytime to, yes. to talk more. And obviously thank we you. can't to, to see what happens, you know, the adventures of Pipula. So. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, me and my friend Phil. And Phil is actually the one who painted my big box that I use in oh, my show. Cool. He's an amazing artist. Actually, before we have technically nine minutes, before I leave, You'll be able to see it. Your viewers won't because it's audio. Um, <laughs> I uh, I met Phil um, through Instagram, and they uh, said, "Hey, I would like to send you a puppet I made, and it's um of Zombo from Theater Bazaar. I'm going to show that one first. Um, and I also wanted to contact Full Moon Productions and be like." Puppet Master 23, uh, because, well, <laughs> there's Dumbo. Oh, oh. The oh, detail beautiful. and everything in that. But also in, in that box that I had no idea about was where my soul will be when I die. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, that is the coolest. <laughs> he got my tattoos in it. My he God. got the um, voids of my eye. <laughs> uh, it's a me marionette. <laughs> That's amazing. I, so I, he's an extremely talented um, artist and also does any video work that I try to do and like some of, some of my flyers and stuff, so... You should check him out as well. Without a doubt. And we'll link him in like in our show notes and and we uh, will be definitely pouring over those pages for sure. And I really want to now see the Puppet Master film with those in it. <laughs> right? Yes. so good. I, I'm going to message them because I, I don't know. I feel like it's crazy enough that it would work. Like Puppet Master, we're revamping it. <laughs> I mean, those are just phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you so much for showing us. Um, yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys, too. Once again, thank you so much to Pipsy Pinwheel for this incredible conversation. Please follow along on our social medias at How Could You Podcast on Instagram, at How Could You Pod on X, at How Could You Podcast on Facebook. We'll be posting links to everywhere that you can find Pipsy Pinwheel's incredible performance art, as well as some of these amazing films that she is recommending. And until next time, enjoy the Odyssey. 